0: Jeff Cameron show 93 three real talk radio or Chat TV hello how are you doing all right I'm Jeff there's Tom he's hanging out in New York but he's with us there's director Matthew everybody's doing well we're all good all good W's and L's in the rear view the first of many when do you want to do the next one buddy when do you want to weigh in again
1: So, you know, the obvious answer would be after the spring game, which is April at some point, or it could be after we see a few fully padded practices over in spring. So you you see the guys, not not the acclimation period, but they go full speed to get to see some of the rotations and what they're doing. That might be enough information. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I I like that. I I, want to do that. I don't want to have to wait till after the spring. Let's get to some fully padded practices, maybe something close to the scrimmage, that first scrimmage. And then we'll uh, weigh in again. So April, obviously, for everybody out there wondering, that should whet the whistle for you now. And then you get to April and you, okay, let's let's reconsider. Because you never know, the world of college football is crazy these days. Things happen. Things happen to your own team. Things happen to teams you play, right? That's the other part of it, too. So it can affect the W's and L's when you find out that, oh, look at that. This roster's been gutted yet again. Something else happened, or somebody's got a suspension on the way, or whatever it might be. So we'll 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 reassess. We'll kind of regroup, gather again in April, and uh, do another Ws and Ls, and then we'll do another one uh, in August as we get the se- uh, season set to begin.
1: Well, what that means too is that we get to do the next Ws and Ls in the same room or in the same studio. So that is it's in right. April. I'll yeah. be down so much that, that that'll be good. We'll both put, of our, put our eyes on the team and we'll get to say some things that we really mean this time because I know 12-0 felt so juicy and it felt so tempting. I just couldn't do it. Just not. I'm, I'm not as uh, strong as you are.
0: Well, you know, you've always been a bit of a hater. I think people describe Tom as knowledgeable, friendly, uh, loyal, uh, hardworking, smart, but a bit of a hater. It comes up all the time. And and I try to tell people, well, now that's just within certain things, man. It's just certain things. I love him. I won't stand for this while well, he's not here. But I see where you derive that feeling that he's a bit of a hater.
1: Usually in, in games like this, I'm the pessimist, you know. I'm usually picking four and five losses. So we're, <laughs> we're getting there incrementally, incrementally.
0: I actually, uh, all jokes aside, it's funny, though, you know, look, Statistically, percentage-wise, uh, we we probably aren't going to finish with a uh, second consecutive undefeated regular season. Doesn't seem likely, but it is true that in a vacuum, as you go through the games, you can. It, you, that's the bias in you that comes out, you know. But I did it. I did it for real last night, sitting there with my laptop, and I was kind of like laying in bed, getting ready to go to sleep. And I, I'm like, well, we got this tomorrow. How am I going to do this? What do I think? What do I really think as I lay here? And I and I went one by one, and I kind of was laughing. I go, I kind of think they're going to win them all. And then I went to bed. I went to bed on a good note. I was like, I like them here. I like them here. I like them here. I take it to beer. I like them here. Yeah, I felt good. I felt good about them. Well, it just goes
1: to show you when you go week by week, just how much the sequencing kind of helps. This has been sequenced pretty nicely for Florida State. There could be a, a sneaky game or two. I think SMU is a good one to circle, just because of, well, you know, it, it's it's a weird setting and it's a, and it's a look ahead spot for Clemson. But every time that you've got a big game, for the most part, there's a gathering period. I think the Cal game again for the SMU is, is big in that regard. Uh, but then there's uh, the bye week. Uh, what? You've got Miami after a Friday night game against Duke, and they're on the road, and then you could air it out for Notre Dame. There's a bye week there. Just most everything sets up very nicely. And let's say this, too. The ACC championship is a ticket puncher into the college football playoff, a.k.a. the Invitational, but that you have a bye week and then Charleston Southern before playing a beleaguered Florida program, man, that's a really nice run-up. Some teams are going to be beat up playing conference championships we should be relatively, uh, relatively fresh playing at a conference championship game in Charlotte.
0: You're, you're pointing out something here. that I know Corey wrote about this. I hinted at it when I talked about the way I thought the schedule would land. And, you know, there's an the understanding that, okay, look, going into this process, they're still getting around the fact that Florida State and it's brass, I mean, they're suing the league. They don't like the ACC. and. Suffice to say, the ACC, because of that, probably not a fan of them, probably not a fan of being sued. And so you just kind of thought, well, if they can get away with making it exceedingly difficult without it being um, overt, then they probably will. But they did not. It really sets up beautifully and I think if you look at the way it sets up with the buys and the games in between the tough games and all that and then in addition I told you before this process yesterday just I like the schedule period I I don't even mean just the way it falls yes I mean I I like that too now that we know it I just like the schedule it's there's a lot it's gonna be weird because of the construction going on with the uh, with the stadium so it may not be as fun um, just because you're, you know, it, it's going to be kind of a, a clunky deal getting in and out of there and certain spots won't look right and it won't play right on television and certain things like But I, man, it's really pretty cool that you have some uh, – I, I I, just love – so if you're going to play a team like SMU, I understand they're in the conference now, but let's just say in any other year and you say, okay, well, Florida State has to play SMU, you might roll your eyes. But at the time that you're playing SMU, you're playing a team who's compelling, that has some talent, is well-coached, and is now reinvested and cares deeply about football, right? They want to grow and play big boy football. They're, they're desperate. They're willing to take, uh, you know, a third of the money just to roll on in here and be a part of something bigger. They're, they're aspiring to something greater. And, you know, again, that's a small stadium, but it's a nice one, and they're investing. And that's a cool road trip. That's a real cool road trip. So you have that in the same year that you're making a road trip to Notre Dame. I personally, and I mean this, as you know, I, I love Chicago. I go to Chicago a lot. I've been to Chicago a lot. And when I get a chance to go back, there's great food, great music, great people. It's a wonderful place. As with any city, it has its problems. All cities do. But if you know where to go and you know how to hang, it's an awesome place to go. And so I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to meet friends and family in Chicago, I'll meet you over in Chicago. We're going to have a blast. And then, you know, I like going to tradition-laden places. We make fun of Notre Dame, and I do think it looks like, especially if you go there in the wintertime, it does seem like a dump of a town. But I do like that it's a traditional power, so you get the Irish. That's fun. And that's all in the same year that you're going to effing Ireland to start your season. And then you have Clemson here, and you have Florida here. It's a good schedule.
1: You're totally right. It is. And to your point about how rich SMU is, they're taking no money for a period of time. It's like yeah. uh, Cal and Stanford that are taking that pennies. ass
0: kicking. Yes. That's
1: the music, like, whatever. We'll cover the bill. No big deal. We just want to be legitimate, more legitimate than we have been in, in decades and kudos to them for pushing for that. But you're right. This schedule doesn't have a sequence where it's like home for Syracuse at wake at Boston college. Then Virginia comes to town. You know, we we've had a lot of those months in our football history here mm-hmm. at Florida state. Mm-hmm. Where we go, Good God. Like, I'm glad that we can rack up wins in this sequence, but where's the juice? Yeah, there's no just juice. No juice. Got no juice. No, at least your sequence of, of Georgia Tech and Boston College, if you had those two games, like, it's great that we can drive to Atlanta if it was in the States, but that back-to-back sequence wouldn't be all that cool. There wouldn't be a ton of juice, but now one's in Ireland and one's a Monday night at home. First, first game back stateside honoring last year's Unconquered 23 team that's how you do it and then every other sequence you know within two games there's something interesting or weird that comes up which makes it a whole lot of fun
0: well and again if you take teams that you don't like look man most years there's always a game uh that you are kind of like well you know look man i i'll be honest with you i don't even want to go over there and watch this game i don't even really I mean, I, I can put it on. I'll i I have to watch our team play, and I care about it, and I cover the team, and all that. But I'm also gonna have these three other games on. But even the this year, where the games against teams, I mean, Charleston Southern excluded. I don't really care about Charleston Southern. Southern, they went four and seven a year ago. They they gave sixty six points to Clemson. That's not a game. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But it's right there at the holiday, and, you know, then you got Florida. So you need a little respite there. But the other games that would have fallen in that category in years past um, are actually fun. SMU is one. That's fun. Cal is unique. That's not a small-time little team. We'll kill them, and it's a real bad time for them. I mean, that that sucks for them. And imagine, they will have played, you know, I mean, at that point, they will have played Auburn at least. But UC Davis and San Diego State are the other two games that they'll play they're not completely devoid of talent. They're not awful every year, and they're they're not a name name, but they're unique. We don't see Cal, so I think that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Memphis, for obvious reasons, we talked about that. They have real talent at quarterback. They can really score. And then, of course, it's Mike Norvell's old team. So, again, an opponent that would have fallen in that category of, eh, is kind of a cool opponent in this case. That's what's different about this year's schedule. And then, again, also, you just said it. Most years, you're kind of like Boston College, eh, whatever. whatever. You know, but not not on a Monday night on Labor Day. Friends and family in town, you know, and a and a chance to kind of celebrate the season that was, as you just pointed out. It works out nicely. It's a good showcase. Florida, hey, Florida State has a ton of showcase games. A ton of showcase games this year. Clemson's a showcase game. Miami's a showcase game. The game in Ireland's a showcase game because it's the only game on. And you're going to watch that one. you got the Memorial Day, uh, Labor Day night game, the showcase game. you got, I mean, for Florida, for what it is, I mean, you do.
1: Well, and to your point, it's actually five Saturdays. As a fan base, we have five Saturdays of watching college football, all the other games. So you've got Labor Day weekend to start. That's week one because we play Monday night. Maybe we'll do an event or something uh, in Tallahassee before the game. We've done that in the past when Florida State has had a Sunday night or a Monday night football game. Then you've got week two right after it, so you can watch that slate of games. You've gone through it. You went through it during W's and L's. But then you got the Duke Saturday. Uh, you've got a break in October and a break in November, the, three weeks before the season's out. I mean, you've got a lot of chances to either travel and go catch some other college football, to maybe spend a little bit more time with family. Maybe that gets your uh, your holiday gift. Uh, it goes up a step because you spent more time either on chores or with the family. But you're afforded flexibility. And you're also showcasing all over the place in a year in which you can go to Dublin and Chicago and Dallas and host marquee games. Man, that's that's as good as you can ask for in this ragtag, ridiculous conference.
0: Uh, it is, and that's what I was celebrating going into yesterday. And I thought, all right, well, this is st- this is going to be kind of fun. Uh, by the way, I I failed us because we were running out of time. So that November the 16th, Tom, that's week what? uh week
1: week 11 probably yeah
0: is that week 11 um 13
1: weeks typically plus a week 0 so yeah
0: week 12 actually that's week 12 tom november the 16th yep november the 16th week 12 um here you go i was telling you about the um games during the bye week and i and i failed for that one cuz we ran out of time that's tennessee georgia that's uh Ohio State, Oregon, Wisconsin. That Mm. is Clemson at Pitt. That is... uh, Oregon, Wisconsin in Madison? Oregon at Wisconsin, yes. Okay. Okay. A uniform game? Is that what you feel there? Uh, I've never been to Madison. That might be a good spot. Everybody says Madison is awesome. Uh, During the... During the break, I went back and looked because we had the segment, of course, that was a, an entire hour's worth of content straight through. Uh, and somebody said, how is it Jeff finds his way to all these stadiums, uh, these random stadiums, and runs down the field? It's true. I'm not making that up. I've been to Cal. I, go, I like to visit schools, first of all. I love college football, and I love to travel. And I marry the two no matter where I go. So if I'm traveling within the United States... And I've been to of the fifty states. There's a lot of you been to more than me. I think I've been to forty-two of the fifty states. I think that's right. Forty-two, forty-three. I got to double check.
1: Congratulations.
0: Well, I'm not saying that to be an ass. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying I like to travel, and in winter, and I'm old, Tom. I've had plenty of time to travel, um, and so anyhow, when I go places, if you've got a college football program, really. A good college period but if you if, if you've got a college football program worth a damn if you've ever done anything if like doke walker right so i brought up doke walker at smu right the, the, the renowned doke walker i would have gone over it just to see the campus like even if we weren't playing them i would have just if i were in and if i had enough time and i didn't have it booked i'd be like let's go over there and see that let's just go see it i just was this past summer you know when i went to New Orleans. I had to drive on over to Tulane, run down the field to Tulane with my kids. People were like, "Why Tulane?" First Super Bowl was there. I want to run down the field, and I did it. I do it everywhere I go. I find a. When we went to when I went to East Lansing to a wedding, I was like, well, I gotta go to Michigan State." I gotta. I gotta. I mean, why would why would you ever? Why would you not? You got to. So that's the answer. And what's happened now is I've lived long enough to have friends. Family, relatives of some kind live all over the country, and I've either been to a wedding or some sort of event at a lot of places, and then I've traveled on my own, so the next thing you know, you've just been at a lot of people's stadiums. And my dad did the same thing when I was young. It's like going to the World's Fair. I went to a couple of World's Fairs, including the one in Tennessee. And I, that's why I tell funny stories about the World's Fair, because it's insane. It was 1,000 degrees. We were driving with no air conditioning on our way to the damn World's Fair in 1980, whatever, three, four, whatever that was. Uh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I do it with college football stadiums, too.
1: Even at Baton Rouge, you know, we were there for baseball for the Super Regionals, which was an excellent weekend. It was awesome. And uh, there was a collaboration of a tailgate because they're an excellent fan base. They're they're fantastic, and yeah, the animals in one place, but then these you know crazed and this is most of them, but crazed LSU fans bringing over black and this and cage and that, and you know it was it was just a breaking of a bread. I enjoyed that time. I didn't want to leave. And he said, well, I'm going to check out the damn campus. So you hang out here. I'm like, I will. I'm having a beer. <laughs> but you went. You looked at the library and all that stuff.
0: I did. I went into the library. I always go to libraries and I go to football fields. I go to libraries and football fields. Those are my two things. I'm a big thing on that. Um, so I did. I w- I walked around, did the whole thing, had a good time. It was good. And um, I even snuck in over to the football stadium. and was like asking the guard guy there, like, hey, man. That's another thing, by the way. People want to let you in their stadiums. They do. The officials at colleges, I have found, the security staffs at most universities, if you're there and it's summer and teams aren't practicing or anything like that, and you walk over and like, hey man, I'm from Tallahassee, and uh, you know, big fan of big fan of college football. I wanna, I wanna see the stadium. Is, anywhere I can look in and see the stadium. They'll usually, they always say this is how it works. They always go, can't do it, it's closed, it's locked up. They try to be hard asses. But in their heart of hearts, they're like you. They, too, care about that program. They care about that facility. They're proud of it. A lot of times they're proud of it. And then then you just got to double down. Look, man, I... time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply I, you know i'm in town for two days and i've always wanted to just see this stadium you don't know, get a chance to come up to wisconsin very often and uh i'm here everybody says it's a great place Everybody said the stadium's really cool. Is there a way? Is there? And the guy will look around. Come on. Come here. Come here. Now, don't tell anybody. Come here. And they do it every time. They'll let you in. I've never had somebody be like this absolute hard ass. No, I won't let you in to see this stadium here at Penn State. Outsider?
1: I won't do it then you abuse the privilege by saying, hang on a minute, i got to run down the field. Sir, I mean, come on, I just let you in to see it.
0: Hang on, Woo-hoo! I'll be back. In- and I'm just sprinting. Come catch me. Let's play a game. It's Jeff Cambridge at 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chia TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry, I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> The static, you know, going into something soothing. I would love that job. That is a cool job. So I started, like, I don't want to do that. I mean, I love my job, but I'm saying I would love that job coming out of college. So I started doing research on this the other day, and this sent me down a rabbit hole into what all the names of these different places mean. Some of them are obvious, but some of them are not. And, uh, And then I discovered the whole Hulu thing.
1: So having worked uh, in a lot of production for audio, we've had services over the years at different stops along the way that mm-hmm. have imaging, sound imaging. And you remember the ones that would drive you nuts because you worked right next door to the program director for X115. And I so did. when you're building a promo, they all had the same thing like:
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So you sound like you're electrocuting yourself if nobody was you know if they were standing outside in the hallway. And you go through that for hours and hours and hours to try and build a promo or a montage, or a sweeper or a, a stinger or whatever you want to call mm-hmm,
0: it. Mm-hmm.
1: But you're right; there is something to it. And what's old is new again because, you know, NBC. Dun dun dun! That is something that's been around forever and a day. But now you're doing it with the apps.
0: And I learned a little bit about how they do. So if you do it with the Hulu thing, you know they the the. So it's it's four letters and it's and then so that that's how that, it's a representation of each letter Anyhow, so yeah that'd be a cool job
1: hulu means holder of precious things does that mean that the antonym of hulu is jim phillips
0: <laughs> well played well yeah. played you got the cleverness in on that one Anyhow, that's there what that go. means by the way that's what that means all right so here's the story and this is alarming it's also a testament to dedication, and I really admire the focus. Unwavering, unwavering. Former LSU wide receiver Kayshaun Boutte has been arrested after using an alias to place bets on sports while he was underage. Did you see this? He was booked on a felony count of computer fraud and a misdemeanor count of gaming prohibition by persons under 21. Didn't know that existed. In July 2023, LSU was made aware of allegations regarding a former student-athlete's improper conduct related to sports gambling while enrolled at the university, LSU said. Since then, we have fully cooperated with all relevant authorities involved in the investigation. We'll continue to do so. We have no evidence that any other student-athletes participated in these prohibited activities, and we're grateful for measures that detect and discourage sports gambling-related misconduct. Now, here's where I doff the cap at the dedication for my man. Louisiana State Police investigating a fraudulent online gambling account alleged to have been used by Keyshawn Boutte. bet Close to 9,000 times (laughs) on NCAA football games, including six LSU games. My man bet close to 9,000 times with at least 17 of the 9,000 wagers on NCAA football games. Six of those are said to be LSU games. So he has been drafted obviously by the New England Patriots uh and uh, there will be uh, it will be interesting to see what happens w- within all of this and and how long he'll be uh asked to have a seat uh but nine I gamble a lot Tom. Today for example, I'm watching very closely because I have Patrick Cantlay, who's doing quite well. I was able to get some money on a couple of guys that I wanted to finish in the top 20 uh, that uh, a lot of people probably don't have and are doing quite well. And um, I'm I'm hoping it stays that way. Uh, I also have All Bear. So, you know, that's three bets today. I'll make two over the weekend for sure, bare minimum. That's fine. I'm just trying to think of how you get to 9,000. My man. That is the kind of dedication we like to see around here. You get back in there. You get back in there and chase those dollars. Whew. Doing some things. Um, That is a toughie. I didn't realize that they would arrest him for it, but they have. And uh, there you go. That's fascinating.
1: So if he was over a three-year period of time placing bets, it's just under nine bets a day. Every day, for a year, for three years, nine bets every day.
0: I'm not going to say I don't understand. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> but I, I, because there are things guys do. There are things that men and women do to get in trouble, and you read the article, and you're like, I don't. Where, how in the world? How do you? How's that happen? But then, then there are other ones where you're like, well.
1: Well, I mean, in in my defense, only 2,000 of those were actual spread bets. Most of them were live, you know, about (laughs) 7,000 were live.
0: Like when I read about a guy driving a Ferrari 160 miles per hour on a freeway in Los Angeles or something, and they pull him over, and then it's like there's a funny quip about how he just wanted to open her up and see what it could do. I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, I got you. You give me a Ferrari, give me a Lamborghini, and I'm on the open road. You could pull over Jeff Cameron going 170 miles per hour, and you could read that story. It could happen. You could be like, yeah, that's that's a thing. But when I see some other things like, whoa, 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 my man, what are we doing here? But this isn't that. This is kind of like, you know, he was on a heater. Next thing you know. he's rolling big river he's got some house money to play with who knows i just
1: i would love to see him scroll through because you got the my bets part on your app like how small the cursor gets like the cursor would be invisible it would be so small for all the things that he could scroll through in his bet history for nine thousand bets and apparently several of them were, were lsu games at least a handful like six, put...
0: six is what they're saying yeah okay
1: so I wonder if he picked Florida State two seasons ago, because remember, there was a football that hit him square in the face mask in the end zone that he refused to catch. Just saying.
0: I don't think so. Uh, I have a bet today, for example, on uh, Tiger Simakawa. And uh, I think he'll finish highest Asian. That's a bet I made, highest Asian. I make bets like that. That's a bet?
1: Yeah. Do they have highest European?
0: Oh, I'm sure. I took uh, highest uh, Asian uh, player. Yeah, would, would be him. Highest
1: American would be Matthew McConaughey, but you know, in terms of <laughs> golf. <art. laughs>
0: but like, so I'm going. You you just made me pull up my bets. I've got a, a top twenty bet on Sahith Thegala. I've got a top twenty five bet on Ryan Fox. I got good odds. I got him at plus three twenty five. So I'm like, okay, it's a Bombers paradise. I'll take some Ryan Fox here. Let's go. Um,
1: Ryan, wait a minute. So Ryan Fox is a bomber, everybody. Yeah. That's subtext. There yeah. you go.
0: Yeah, Ryan Fox is a bomber. This is an open chorus. Let it ride. Let it ride. Uh, I got. Uh, you know, I put some pizza money. He's not going to win, and in fact, he had a horrible day yesterday. So this bet is moot. But I got him at plus twenty five hundred. I put five dollars on Jason Day at plus twenty five hundred. What do I care? One hundred thirty bucks. <laughs> <Okay>. So.
1: <laughs> You listed how many bets? How many bets? About five?
0: That was like five or six from yesterday, yeah.
1: Okay. We need about 55 more for the week. For the week. Every week. You You got to hit 63.
0: Well, you can get there. At the start of the playoffs, I have a bet that I'm waiting to cash on the 49ers to reach the Super Bowl. I have the Ravens to reach the Super Bowl. I bet that before the start of the playoffs. So that's there. Uh, I took... Well, now at the time that it came out, I did a good thing here. I had the 49ers at minus six and a half against Detroit. So I gave less than a touchdown. I think it's over that now.
1: Okay, let me ask you this. Time has passed, so maybe you'll be more willing to divulge. You got a little bit uncomfortable one Redemption Thursday when we had the card up for Metro Delhi, and you said that um, I'm playing a lot of games this week, guys. I just want you all to know, I'm playing like a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that number of games that you played? Out of curiosity,
0: I don't I mean, remember. I don't remember. I know the conversation that we had. I don't remember the exact total game. It was over 20. I bet over 20 games that weekend, but I, it might have been like 25 to 30 games um, that weekend.
1: That's a, that's a big card.
0: I've done – no, what I'll do is – and I don't encourage anybody to do whatever they can or you know, do whatever you can do. I mean, like, don't be silly about this, and I am responsible about this. Um, but I also believe grown-ups can do whatever they want with their money, so I'm not going to admonish you, nor am I going to listen to anybody admonish me, they can go to hell. What I'm going to tell you is I, I there are weekends where I've, I, I've bet 30 games or weekends where I don't bet a single game. You know, th- th- It has to be the right reason. It has to be something that – you know what I mean? So it's not like I'm just like, oh, I have to do it. My hands not trembling as I watch a game, thinking that I got to get a bet in. Um, yeah. But if you get if you get the right number or you get the right odds, you got to jump on it. I mean, that's you play all of the ones that fall within your number. You'd be a fool not to. That's how you win. You you bet where you see an advantage. Well,
1: I'm telling you that Kayshawn Butte saw a lot of advantage out there. A lot of advantage.
0: <laughs> no, see, I think he has a problem, Tom. That's where I'm diagnosing my man has an issue. I, I, hope. I, I,
1: I don't know. does it say in the story there's debt. Probably is. But could you imagine if he was up? Like, well, the thing they don't report is I'm up.
0: <laughs> hey, this isn't a problem. I've won money. The problem is when you're losing money. I don't have a betting problem.
1: How much did you win, K-Shot? About $10. I'm $10 <laughs> <to> the good.
0: <laughs> the problem he has, obviously, is bet. you cannot be playing college football and bet on college football. You can't be playing Major League Bes- Baseball and bet on Major League Baseball. These are the problems you have. I got. No- if that had come out and they'd said that uh, Boutte has an affinity for betting uh, Japanese ping pong, uh, Russian soccer, and uh, Brazilian tennis – I'd be like, "Well, so. Good on you, baby. You think you got an angle? Make it happen. Whatever it is.
1: As long as you don't need the Saudis' money to pay it off like old Phil I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Phil Phil might not have placed 9,000 in a period of a few years, but mm. um Whatever he placed were big-ticket items. I doubt he was betting 20 and $30 at a
0: time. Well, no, we know for a fact there was a court case in Detroit in which a gangster that he owed money to revealed exactly how much he bet and how much he owed. Yeah, wasn't good. Chef Cameron, show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
1: What's good, everybody? It's T. Lizzie here, and I'm talking about Hello Fresh. Can you believe it? I'm doing myself a little pod read here for our friends at Hello Fresh. They're supporting both Jeff and I here on the podcast, and they want us to let you know about what it is they do and why they can help you with a New Year's resolution. If it's to save money, to eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do any or all three. Just say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price that you'll like delivered right to your door. Each HelloFresh box is packed with farm fresh ingredients and everything arrives pre-portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle and less wasted food. So here's the cool thing. I have not tried HelloFresh yet, but the box has arrived at my house today. I've got three outstanding meals. I chose the plan of meat and veggies. I'm going with the basics here because I'm kind of a picky eater so they can work around my pickiness. And the three meals that we're going to be cooking up at my house are sweet chili pork and cabbage stir fry, all right, sweet and spicy apricot chicken, and pecan-crusted salmon. Very excited to try this out. They've got easy sheets, little placards that come with the menus. They show you how much time it takes to prep, how much time it takes to cook, and the calories involved with each one of the meals. So simple, and I can't wait to give it a shot. If you want to experience what we're about to experience, go to HelloFresh.com slash Free. And use code CAMERONFREE for free breakfast for life. That's right. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That is free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Cameron Free with code Cameron Free. Okay, so you got to go to the website. HelloFresh.com slash C-A-M-E-R-O-N-F-R-E-E and then type in that same code at checkout. I'm about to find out. You should find out, too, why HelloFresh is America's number one
0: meal kit. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Album coming out, Matthew. I uh, heard two songs off uh, the upcoming album, and they're both awesome. So there you go. Jesus don't cry. Our friends at ISF collaborate every Thursday with us, and we're thankful for that, and we appreciate their hard work and their collaboration. Uh, as as do uh, you know, thousands of clients on over fifteen hundred projects all across the country. ISF is, in fact, an IT and strategy firm. They've been doing this for over 40 years, and they have been serving state government and business clients across the country and state agencies across the country. And they do so helping out with technology. They make things more efficient, um, and they solve for the future using strategy, process, and technology. Um, You know, look, you want to do great things, and you work hard and your constituents depend on you, all that stuff. So uh, they, you got brilliant ideas. You want to improve the processes? You want to make this more efficient? You want to make it happen? Pair together with our friends at ISF. Let's solve for the future now. I think we have to make this, Tom, frankly, schedule-related, and I think we did. I think we did. I, I think we solved for the future by bolstering the roster, filling out holes in said roster, and then getting a schedule that works out nice. This is a good... This is set up perfectly. Now, from there, I think the truth about how they want to solve for the future, as in continuing to win games and staying at this elite level to win conference championships, make the first-ever college football playoff, 12-team college football playoff, is that you went out and got the bridge quarterback you have a running back come in from Alabama as well as a receiver to go along with a Cam Davis coming in who's a bowling ball. I think they're going to run between the tackles, and they're going to stretch the field over the top of the speed that they brought in at wide receiver and marry that with the experience they have coming back at those positions to go along with the 6'7 tight end. I really think this offense is going to be good, and people kind of recoil when I tell you that I think the offense can be better than last year's offense. Again, remember last year's offense saddled by an average-ass offensive line that was injury-riddled. And later in the year, it became a downright bad offense because your your receivers were either missing games, straight up missing games like Johnny Wilson, two and a half games, or they were a shell of what they were prior in the case uh, of Keon Coleman, who second half of the season was not explosive, did not make big plays, was not a guy you count on game in and game out. to to be a difference maker, to change the scoreboard. You lost the young receivers who could have stretched the field. You just didn't have a level of consistency down the field throwing the ball from Jordan Travis, who wasn't good at it and then also had those problems with those injuries, meaning the other players, and then eventually we know what happened. Unfortunately, sadly, tragically, Jordan broke his leg. So you just had so many things go wrong. And I think if you bring in a guy with all this experience and you don't expect him to to dominate games, to be the reason that you win games, like Jordan Travis could win a game. Like that guy was special, make you miss in a phone booth, could win a game. He wasn't perfect. He had issues. We've pointed those things out too. People get upset when you do, but it's okay to talk about the totality of what a player is. But you were certainly much better when he was under center than not. And he's a plus-plus college football quarterback. All right, well, you don't need DJ to be that. You need DJ to be good. He doesn't have to be great. You need DJ not to turn the football over. You need DJ to be willing to run, to use his size. And I'm not talking about, hey, you go into a game with a game plan being that he's going to carry the day with his legs because he can't. That's not who he is. But third and two, 6'5", 250 can be utilized in this situation. Um to get, you know, anything short yards with a guy like that to go along with the beef that you've brought in on the interior of the offensive line, what they went and did to solve for the future there. I really think that this could be a more consistent offense.
1: Yeah, I think the the, the, the solving for it, the commitment to it is about being explosive on the ground again. You know, they hit some home runs this year but it was more like a couple seasons ago than it was 2022 where they would hit 10s and 12s and 18s yeah, a whole
0: attack the 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 totality of the field the whole of the field
1: and for us this year those runs were sixes and sevens now you did have some 70s and 65s in there that's great that's all well and good and Trey Benson was a man to finish the game on the road at Florida that was very important and Toa feeling in the Wildcat made a humongous play in the ACC championship but you know what I mean if you were watching this You know, nine and three season two years ago versus last year, the running game was not nearly as consistently explosive. Just wasn't, and I think that's what when DJ comes in as as your next quarterback, maybe with Cam, they might have thought more about pass first to run. I think they're going to try to run the pass this year. Mm -hmm. To put it simply, Mm -hmm. you're trying to run the pass because if you can do that in a way that you couldn't in 2023, even though you went 13 and 0. If you, try, if you can successfully do that, you're in one-on-ones all day on the outside with a dude that has a cannon for an arm and more, more speed to burn in that wide receiver room. So that's what I'm seeing this year is that they're trying to solve by fixing the run game so that it is more consistently explosive. And God forbid if you're not in second and four a bunch more because you can run the ball successfully on first down. We just didn't do that with consistency this last season.
0: Called it right from the outset when we were watching the Southern Miss game. I got mad about how many times we lost on first down against that sorry-ass team. I started talking about our inability to consistently run the ball. You remember after that game, we scored 66 points, and I come in bitching about how many empty plays we had. We had 50-something empty plays. It was ridiculous. There were so many moments last year where you're like, man, this is flawed. They're going to find a way because they got enough good players and when in doubt Jordan can make a play here and there and then they're going to get better here, here, and here. But, man, it was really frustrating. And to your point, Mike was disgusted by a lot of what happened last year. You could tell the frustration was there, and he struggled to adapt to the fact that they could not just line up and run. So I think you're 100% right. That's what he's going to go about the process of trying to fix, which opens everything else up for the big play.
1: Yeah, we were too home
0: run dependent. You know, like see the Clemson the, game, see the Clemson game. It's ridiculous. You couldn't ne- know you couldn't run to save your life. You really couldn't hit intermediate stuff. You had to hope that you got some one on ones and that a guy made a play and you made enough of them.
1: Yeah, you, you ran the ball early than never again. Jordan had to be a hero in the second quarter. And good thing he was there. That's his most valuable quarter, I think, of the season. I think potentially his best performances were on the road at Wake and at Pitt because of the the dearth of healthy options at receiver and some of the throws he made, some of the decisions he made. But that specific quarter was his hero ball quarter where he had to put the team on his back. Back shoulder throw to Trey Benson, fourth down conversions, all that kind of stuff. He was money. But for the bulk of that day, you were dependent upon a home run. And this offense two years ago – was you know, it was methodical. Yeah, they'd have explosive plays, but it was mixed in with being ahead of the chains with great consistency. And we were in so many third and seven or longer situations this year. That's infuriated where his me. offense you can also control the clock because now you you can bet on what you're gonna get drive to drive instead of all right, let's see if Keon if this is the drive that Keon makes a play. Or if this is a, a, the drive that Johnny comes down with two big one-on-one balls down the field, and that's what puts us in position to score. Like that's it was home run dependent last year. I think it could be more consistently explosive this year, but they still have to build and, and do all the things that they need to do between now and, and uh,
0: Dublin. And they will not be afraid to ask the quarterback to use his legs. Yeah. They were protecting Jordan, who has an injury history and is fragile. And I don't mean that as a cruel comp. You know. Uh, I, I I to me I don't want to say that and then make it sound like I was angry about the fact that he got hurt. You get hurt, you get hurt. That's just what it is. It's just a it's it's a statement of fact. The guy had an injury history. They were being very careful. They knew they needed him. They didn't trust what they had behind him. So they were careful to call the game that way. But you don't owe that to DJ. And he's a big dude. I mean, you know, you you you've got opportunities here to incorporate that. Um yeah, Grillmaster, you're right there, too. Tight ends were inconsistent in blocking. I can't imagine that. Well, well, by the way, you go back to it last year, and how frustrated, Tom, were they with Biscuit? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he was one of the first guys out. That tells you all you need to know. And again, in, in fall camp, not making it up, when we saw Morlock's name after fall camp ahead of Biscuits, it made little to no sense based upon the day-to-day performance. But that tells me that there's subtext there. You know, that's mm-hmm. the first clue. And then the second clue is he bolts. I mean, the, 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 the moment the season is over, he's gone. Well, And th- there was so much potential there. And that sucks because he was a better blocker than Morlock was. Morlock developed into getting better and better as the season went along. But there's no doubt that Markeeson had more gifts in that area. It's just that he didn't perform consistently. There was, some, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but that could not have been about physical aptitude for the game.
0: Well, he got he had some some issues there. He gained weight, and then I I don't know that they were real pleased about that. And uh, and then that may have been expressed. Maybe a message was being sent when that depth chart came out, and he didn't respond to that message in the way that they wanted. And the level of dissatisfaction between the two parties became too you know evident uh, to a place where he basically got benched, and then he really didn't block all that well when he got in there.
1: No, Jackson West was getting more reps towards the end of the season, and that's really disappointing because, you know, the second half of 2022, Biscuit was awesome. He was a really good player. Yes, he was. And that's, that's one issue for this offseason is who's going to be your inline tight end. And Morlock can be your receiving tight end. I think freshman Landon Thomas can be your H-back almost immediately. But who's going to be that extra guy on the line? That's, that's a job that's – I mean, maybe it's Jackson West, but it's got to be somebody probably better than Morlock and Thomas too.
0: ISF, your vision, their expertise, solving the future. Collaborate. Check it out today, ISF.com. It's already time for us to say bye. Fun show, W's and L's last hour. If you missed it, go back and check it. I know we'll pull it out as a separate video as well, but uh, Fun Times today is the first version of W's and L's in the books. Good work out of you, Tommy. I'll talk to you later, brother, on a libations Friday. Uh, Director Matthew, see you tomorrow as well. Be good, everybody. Peace.